This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Durable Beef Jerky wants to thank everyone for the overwhelming response to our favorite bag of beef jerky, Huck and Fod. Have you tried it? Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com and you'll see Cherry Smoked Chipotle, Cranberry Smokehouse Turkey, Aloha Pineapple, and yes, our favorite and your favorite, Huck and Fod. Go to Steersnacks.com. Now on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. If we don't move in our own direction, we're going to become extinct. In fact, in some cases, we're close to being extinct right now. Presented by the law offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Giordano. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. This is The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. And live here on a Saturday night, we get started an hour later than normal here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT as we come out of Penn State basketball. Nevertheless, Jay Doc, we're live tonight. Uh, Two-hour show, our opening hour, the John Doherty Hour, uh, will be live and local here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Hour number two of our show tonight. Uh, we're going to look back and listen back into hour one of our show just a week ago. Um, DC 33 Brain Trust with us for that full hour, but that opening segment from a week ago um, where we had an opportunity to really learn a lot about that fire, that deadly fire in Fairmount, uh, that kicks off hour number two. Yeah, Mike Bresnan, who is the president of uh, Firefighters Local 22, uh, was the opening guest on hour one last week. And uh, Obviously, we talked about the devastating fire, his conversation uh, with President Biden. And Wayne Miller is going to be on today's show and talking about uh, safety issues related to that fire and doing everything we can to ensure that it doesn't happen again. Yeah, Wayne Miller has been on a mission, a man on a mission. Yeah. You know, and we'll bring Wayne in. Wayne should be joining us right around 717 tonight here in hour number one, the John Doherty hour. And then uh, following Wayne Miller, Jim Snell uh, will be along uh, to join us. We'll talk a little bit more about um, our conversation upcoming with Jim Snell. We're going to address a topic Rins that we've talked about, um, so we'll get. I'll give you an opportunity to set the table for Jimmy in just a moment. Uh, J. Doc, John Doherty. This is the John Doherty Hour, and John's with us uh, live here on Talk Radio twelve ten WPHT. Johnny Doc, how are you, my friend? Doing good, Krause. And God, I'll tell you what. I think of you every time the weather gets like it is outside today, and you know I can't thank you enough for what you've done to make sure that people, you know that. You know, I wish everybody had a house and that they could go home there and a warm bowl of soup waiting for them, but they don't. And your sleeping bags and your coats and your blankets and everything that you do and your your own personal tender love and care, you know, is uh, is amazing. And I just want to thank you again publicly. You just do a great job. And I will tell you that. I'm going to jump on that. Ditto, obviously, John. But, Joe, the reactions uh, to those sleeping bags were unbelievable. Um, you've been giving away the coats, and you know, with with, with John Doherty's support and help, and 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 obviously 
um, the building trades all jumping on. Uh, it's such a big deal over the years. But you started giving away uh, sleeping bags this year. And you said even that the reactions were unbelievable. It must be so gratifying. Well, it's, it's significant. They're one-on-one. It's a one-on-one distribution, uh, you know, um, uh, for each sleeping bag. So, um, you know, as difficult as that is and as difficult as it is on the streets right now. And, and, and I know John and I were texting last week. I, I went out after the show, as you know, last week for maybe two hours. And, and, and you're out there. And, boy, sometimes... Those streets can be nasty cold in a lot of different ways than just the temperature. But it's been cold, uh, you uh, know. And, two of the coldest days in me- recent yeah, memory. Uh, so we're we're working through it. We did uh, three hours today of distribution. We're banging through the coats, banging through the sleeping bags. And, John Doc, you know, um, you know, uh, without your support all these years and, the, and, and, and up to and including this year, I'd already be out of coats. So I appreciate you right back at you, brother. Some good stuff. And we just do what we do, uh, and we continue to do it. So, uh, But I appreciate it very much. If you don't mind, I just want to, you know, shoot off the, the norm for about a minute. And I'm going to try to tie a whole bunch of things in. I was on the phone with Buddy Osborne yesterday, the day before, and for a while today. And a good friend of his needs to get into McGee. He called me to see if I can't, you know, help him. You know, uh, he just, you know, he's older and there's a lot of, you know, uh, paperwork that has to get done. So, I, you know, I'm trying to see if I can't help him. But Buddy and myself were talking about just in general, you know, the fact to, to, that his charity needs help. Your thing needs help. Your coats need help. And it's funny, I was saying that, you know, I left Local 98 with, you know, $100 million of cash on hand, the number one set of assets, a number one uh, uh, real estate uh, value in the country, right? Things like that. And, and, and eventually, you know, I'm, I'm slowly phasing myself out. I'll be there for anything the building trades or local mind need ever needs. You know, but, in, you know, once I pick up something or, you know, I work toward getting something that sufficiently pays Sealy's medical bills, what I have in mind is, you know, we have a great asset in Frank Hill. He's probably the only one out there who consistently talks about the good that union does and the union issues, you know, like Wayne Miller's sprinkler issue. You know, we need to do a much better job. On one hand, we've got to do a better job of representing our, our people, which, you know, I'm going to try to do in my next life. But I think that the other thing we need to do is the nonprofit end. We make people millionaires every day. You know, somebody was talking to me the other day. I was actually walking down Chestnut Street with one of our bigger developers, and we were looking at the IBEW-funded project on the East Market, and we were looking at the Thomas Jefferson Hospital. That deal actually got done, speaking of the game room, 447, one Saturday afternoon when I turned Steve Clasco onto the National Real Estate people when they were considering five or six other options, and from that point on, with a lot of help from friends of ours, we were able to get that deal done. Okay? Mm-hmm. But it's just not the people that go to work there. You know, you know, Mary Gepard's a good friend. They do a great job. I don't even know what the price of that, how much money they got paid to tear that down. But it had to be significant. Besides the labor, I mean, there's tons of, you know, trucks that had to be used and things like that. So our industry, we make people extremely wealthy. 
there's very few of our long-term contractors that don't have houses on the beach and their kids not too far from them. You know, we got to do a better job at making sure that you don't have to stand outside with a pan in your hand when you need money to do something that's good. And Buddy Osborne, you know, we should be building houses down there for Buddy because he does everything else. Okay? I mean, so, and, you know, one of the things I want to work on is trying to establish some residual funding, some better notoriety, and to get Frank Hill some help in promoting that. Now, jumping into Wayne Miller. Wayne Miller knows that industry better than anyone on hand. Okay? He's been around for a long time. He's been championing that issue. If people understood, you know, and listened to Wayne over the years, okay, these places would have sprinkler systems in them. And it's not just about work for his members. It's work for a lot of people, but it's also saved lives. You know, and there's a reason why they put them initially. is because they had tragedy elsewhere. They had major fires. Now, you take a look at that building. We had the high-rise fires is terrible. You know, Absolutely. and again, we need to promote Wayne. We need to help him. We have to fund him. You know, I am going to lobby and do whatever I can do to make sure that the politicos and, more importantly, the people who hire us in these buildings understand that our friends have to help them because we have to be competitive and we have to let them know that, you know, there's some money in build that, you know, build better America, there's things like that, which Wayne will be able to, you know, talk about way better than myself. But, you know, I'm going to do whatever I can to help Wayne. And, again, that fire a few weeks ago was personal. I told you because one of the children went to Philadelphia Electrical Technology School. You know, you're, it's well documented that Erin is, is the CEO over there, but a very personal CEO. She's very tight with these kids. She's extremely close with them. And she, I, I tell you, that, and she's never done this before. I've never seen my Erin like this. She's an older woman now. She's a great kid. She she came over to be with me and her mom after the funeral. And she stopped down Johnny Hots and picked up a bag of junk, which we don't do, and that's out of character for her. And it was just like, I just want to be with you guys. Because she sat up at the Lee Chorus Center, and we were up there, and 12 caskets all up in front, people walking in and just don't know. I mean, it was just that emotional. Sprinkler bills save lives. They just don't create jobs. They save lives. Okay, we spend money, we waste money on all kinds of things. We should put sprinklers in all these buildings. Okay, and again, I'll, I'll finish with this. When I was at the Redevelopment Authority, when we built buildings, I did in both languages, English and Spanish, I put basically charts to tell you, okay, how to use your air condition, how to use your TV, how to use, because... Most people, this was their first time in a completely modernized new apartment. You know, most were really poor. That's how you would get, you know, public housing, assisted housing. But it was no different than me. You know, I'm, look, you know, I, I run, I used to run the electrician's union. I put the telecommunication division in it. There's many days where I have to reach out to these younger kids to figure out some technology. Okay, so how can a poor person has never had access to that? So we need to give them the tools. We need to tell them how to use them. And in cases where people really don't know how to use certain things, we're going to go out of our way. And Wayne Miller has done that better than anybody. So I'm sorry for the little diatribe. It's been, oh. it's been on my mind, you know. And, again, I, my goals are to make sure that The Rock and Krause have what they need. 
and you know, I'm going to dedicate a better part of, you know, my outside my life, and and that's what I'm going to do. And and you know, from you know, and again, it's just, you know, my job is going to be to represent the interest I love. John, you you mentioned a non a nonprofit. Um, were you were you talking about uh, gaining a nonprofit or starting a nonprofit to help out some of those situations? I've talked to Ryan before. There's, look, there's, we, we're, we're, we're really bad at raising money and marketing ourselves. I mean, we are really bad at the trades. Uh, there's, and I have to tell you, you know, I, I, you know, I thought I was good but at, at trying different things and creating a brand, but it just wasn't enough to change the marketplace. Now, we own the market share here. I'm just cross America. I mean, we just don't do enough. We just don't the issues, and I think part of it is, believe it or not, unions don't aren't that well funded. You know, they they live off their dues money. If you're working, you're doing okay. If you're not working, you're surviving. So you know, but we need to get some residual funding. You know, we put these buildings up quick. We make a lot of people money. They employ our people. They pay them good wages. But you know, these labor management cooperation committees. Things I don't think we use them for the best advantage, but yeah, to answer your question, I would love to establish something that's just basically targeted for two or three places. You know, I did it at the Variety Club when I went after the autism issue. You know, we generated a lot of money quick. You know, you know, we had a fund the camp. We did it. You know, we've done it. You know, in two or three other places. But I'm talking millions, not not dollars. Look. You know, people like Sister Mary Scully, we don't want to take her money because, like, I've, as we said, she's been on the show. She's a saint. And people say, well, I can't fund everything. No, you can't. You know, instead of taxing, and we got to be, you know, we'd be more competitive. Look, i got a whole game plan on, you know. You know, I, 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 I'll be honest with you, I'm not a, you know, I never really want to be a politician. I know people are going to say, oh, man, you waited until you're 60 years old to tell us that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, you know, I only did politics was how to keep our members in the same marketplace as the rich people. And to a complete degree, it came back to bite me. You know, but, but it is what it is. And, uh, yeah, but I think that we need to get our own, you know, massively funded so we don't have to kiss anybody's butt so Krause can take the coats and the blankets because he's effective. Because nobody does that. Janie Blackwell did it for a while. Uh, you know, Sister Mary Scullion does it at a level. There shouldn't be in a city like this Okay, especially you talk about, you, you know, you ride by the Comcast building now. It's a multi-billion dollar building. I guarantee there's four or five people sleeping on the sidewalk, and it's minus degrees. That should not occur. Okay, and, and we should have something, and we're good at it. We know what to do. We're in the people business. You know, buddy, I mean, God forbid if we ever gave that guy money. You know, he had, he had, box, he had boxing tournaments. He's feeding people, he's got pregnant girls, and the out at night sweeping up needles and dragging people off the street. I mean, nobody's doing that. The government will tell you they spent $50 million to clean up that neighborhood, and, and, and then they're not spending it right. They're not spending it on people like Buddy Osborne and Krause. John Docker, the hour, here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Wayne Miller on the other side of the break. Back in a moment. Tonight's edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by IBEW Local 98 North, UFCW Local 1776, Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, and the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades, DC 21. This whole nonsense about not giving workers the right to organize with 
so-called right to work, that's bad. Something like that comes to my desk, I'll veto it, not just because I'm a Democrat, not just because I'm pro-labor, but because I know for a fact that's not very smart. And back here live on the John Doherty Hour, along with Jay Doc, I'm Joe Krause. As we roll along here in uh, hour number one of the two-hour show, the John Doherty Hour, following Penn State basketball, Wayne Miller uh, is going to join us now. Um, and we'll bring Wayne into the conversation, John. Great uh, setup for Wayne uh, and his efforts uh, to join us. Uh, fire safety reform, Jay Doc, is what we're going to talk about it will not be the very it will not be the first time and it will not be the last time that we'll hear Wayne Miller uh, talk with an incredible amount of passion uh, for what he believes to be yeah and 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 this is important okay when you hear Wayne Miller fighting for legislation fighting for uh, L and I uh, to take control of, of, of situations what he's really talking about is fire safety and trying to avoid situations that happened in Fairmount recently. Okay? He's try- that's so when you translate it, we're trying to save lives here. We're trying to ensure that doesn't happen. What happened in New York didn't happen. That's that's what the bottom line is. Wayne Miller, welcome to the broadcast. Take it from there. Joe, how you doing? Good, buddy. How are you? Good. Uh the thing is, is that it was a terrible tragedy in the last couple of weeks that happened uh, in uh, Philadelphia and also in New York. Uh, the, the things that are going on is that uh, what I've been fighting most of my life for is to get legislation to passed uh, that uh, will protect buildings that don't require that uh, were didn't require uh, sprinklers uh, when they were built. That's called retrofitting, going back and uh, passing these bills to, uh, you know, give incentives in order to uh, do these high-rise buildings, uh, either commercial or residential, um, prior to uh, them being, prior to sprinklers being required to uh, be installed. Uh, As everybody can remember, the tragic fire at Meridian. Uh, happened so many years ago when three brave Philadelphia firemen had passed away. Uh, then we lobbied and we got uh, high-rise uh, high-rise legislation. But the problem was we only got high-rise legislation for commercial buildings, not residential buildings. Uh, and <clears throat> they're needed in commercial and also in residential. But, uh, you know, people in residential sleep there. And uh, it's a little bit more important to protect people when they're most vulnerable. So uh, the thing is, is that you're hearing a lot of talk today, uh, you know, on the news and things like that about uh, the Sprinkler Incentive Act. That Sprinkler Incentive Act, it's in Congress. It's been in Congress for trying for 15 years to get it passed. That's my bill. Okay. My bill. That's not any politicians. That is not any, uh, uh, people that uh, these fire groups and stuff like that, that's Wayne Miller's bill. Okay. I put that out there 15 years ago with Senator Santorum and myself, and we couldn't get it passed because of fi- financial reasons. The, the uh, scoring in the federal government was in the billions of dollars and uh, which uh, I guess a lot of people didn't have the, the, the guts to, to uh, put that in place. And, uh, you know, that, that was a tragedy. 
And now what's going on in Congress, the incentive act is still in there trying to get passed. And that sits for high rise legislation for any any building seven stories and above. That will be sprinkler. Okay, so the incentive act is in there right this minute. And uh, it's in uh, the appropriations in the House Ways and Means Committee. What it does, it takes, uh, and the House Ways and Means Committee deal with taxes. The thing is, it takes a a high-rise building. You can, right now, to depreciate uh, your cost of a high-rise building is 39 years. With the Incentive Act, it it reduces it to 15 years. It makes it uh, a lot easier for people and, and building owners to sprinkle their buildings. Wayne, but it's let, unique. Go ahead. I was going to mm-hmm. say, and I want to uh, bring John into the uh, into the conversation. Mm-hmm. John, you know how we always say, and you always say, you've coined the phrase, that's not a union thing. <clears throat> that's a human no. thing. Correct. Talk about it. Wayne, Wayne's just, Wayne's on point as usual. Wayne's been, and, and when he says his bill, that's not an ego thing. That's fact. Wayne has been lobbying this issue for as long as I know him, okay? And the fact that we do have it in locations, you know, is a credit to what Wayne's done, on, you know, on behalf of all the people in Philadelphia that live in, in places that need sprinklers. He's just, at, he's on point. He knows what he's doing about. He's a great guy, and he, he's got a great, okay, great message, if you listen to him. And, again, it's, you know, Wayne was part of the same team. We were screaming about, okay, the way construction was being done at the Salvation Army, as well as three or four other sites before, okay, the collapse. Wayne's been screaming about this stuff before multiple fires, just not this tragedy that occurred a while ago. Now, look, I was just looking and thinking out loud while Wayne was talking. You know, one of the things is economics. And, and again, you know, and you heard him say the name Santorum. People, you know, people hate him for political reasons. But from a purely business standpoint, no one ever has brought more money in town than the trio of Rendell, Spector, and Santorum. Okay, that's when we built everything. That's when we built all the historical stuff, the Kimmel Center, the PHA, Dredge the River. Mm-hmm. And Wayne had the right source there, and we couldn't get enough money. Could not get enough money back then. Okay, now look, I have some creative ways. I think, you know, these, uh, these nitwits out there that, you know, look at tax abatements and say, oh, my God, we're just making rich people richer. No, we're really not. Okay? People make money out of buildings because when the value goes up, they take the money out. If you went into half these owners right now that own these buildings, they don't have any available cash because they take it out. Not that they're poor and not that they haven't made a lot of money, but at the present time when we, we mandate stuff, there's not anything there. So what we have to take a look at them, and Wayne, we're smart enough to do this. You know, we got to take a look at maybe playing with the tax abatement a little bit, especially based on this, and making mm-hmm. sure some of these people have the ability, you know, they know they're going to make a lot of money because of something down the road, but in the process, you know, modernize and protect, you know, their buildings, sprinklers right away. So we got to mm-hmm. find a way to get that done, especially we got to get a way to get it done financially. You know, look. Stock market went down, interest rates are going up, inflation's up. That's not a good equation for getting people to spend a lot of money. Okay, and and again, stock market going down, inflation going up, interest rates going up. That does not bid well for construction. Okay, so we we need to think outside the box. We can't let this get off of the agenda. Wayne, Jimmy Snell, them guys know what they're talking about. 
you know, more people. And again, that's what I just mentioned earlier. We got to find a platform. And thank God for Frank Hill. But we need more people to jump on board and realize that, you know, they're not a tiller to hunt. They're not, you know, any of these, you know, bad animals, bad animals that they try to create the labor movement debate. Wayne, Wayne, what happens if there's sprinklers in that uh, building that burnt down in Fairmount? Uh, Joe, the reason right now for that building in Fairmount that it wasn't required to have uh, sprinklers in that building. No, I know uh, that. But what what happens yeah. if, if 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 the building has them? Uh, well, let me explain to you. The thing is, is that if the, if the building had them, it would save lives. And here's the thing: the fire department was notified or, or got a call and was at that house in four minutes. All right. Now the thing is, but four minutes don't take that as that. That's how long it took. First of all, the fire had to be identified. Someone had to call up, so that it's longer than four minutes till till the fireman got the call and and and, and came to the house. The thing is, is that uh, and people were talking about uh, the smoke alarms that the batteries were taking out. If you had a sprinkler system in there, okay. Number one, a sprinkler system is hardwired. The electrician's hardwired sprinkler system. And the thing is, what's done is that when when the, when a sprinkler head is off, the the alarms ring. So you have alarms automatically ring. They can't be having a battery taken away from it, and, and that would be there. But the issue is that it, nothing that that the fire department could do because it, until they are notified, they can't get there to put the fire out. That Christmas tree went up in 90 seconds. It was a flashover. The thing is, is that. If the sprinkler system was in effect, if they had a sprinkler system there, that would have put that fire out in its intimate stages. Similar to the one up in New York. The high, that was a high-rise building in New York. In New York, the high-rise building, is, uh, it wasn't sprinkled. The fire started on, on the, the lower floors. And if there was a sprinkler system in there, that would have put that fire out before the smoke went up the, up the stairway, which killed everyone. The thing is, it is vital now that we know how to, to stop these tragedies. Okay, for all the buildings that were pre-1993, before sprinklers were required in high-rises and multi, uh, multi-family homes, okay, that, that we know what has to be done now. Now, right now, they're sitting in the House Ways and Means Committee, the Incentive Act. That has to be passed. Okay, that would take care of all the high-rises, either residential or commercial. And then also, they're sitting in the, uh, in, in the Build Back Better there's, a six, there's $65 billion allotted to public housing and um, uh, a large a priority, a large, a vast amount of money in that uh, uh, public housing will go to sprinkler systems. And, and the thing is, the people that are in public housing are, are basically lower income and minority families that can't fight to get that in there. So somebody has to fight for these people and get this done. And, and, and this is, this is a tra- these are two tragedies that uh, life had not had to be, had to be lost. And we lost, uh, we lost 31 lives in those two fires and, 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 and an insurmountable amount of damage. You know, the thing is, is that you know how many pub- urban and public development houses there are, multifamily units in the United States that are not sprinkled? 570,000. So you think this is going to stop? This will not stop until we, we, we get the guts to do the, put these two uh, laws into effect and it would cut down. You know what it says? 
sprinklers in homes saves 88% of deaths in homes. 88% in a home when there's a sprinkler building. And there's never been a multiple loss of life in a fully sprinkler building. So we have, we, we have the, the, the remedies, but we have to have the guts to implement that. So what else I'm doing is I have a, a commercial high-rise legislation in Philadelphia. Okay, people in power take the least path of resistance. Now I'm going to be introducing uh, a high rise residential legislation. But the big thing about that, a number of years ago, they went from dry standpipes running up in the building to wet standpipes. So the infrastructure to do residential sprinklers is in the, the tap from the city, the pumps, the risers are all in. All they have to do is sprinkle the floor. These are things that have to be done. And until that, it's just a, it's, it's a tragedy waiting to happen. What about we have the city the remedy, council? We just have to have the guts. What about the city council? Can, 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 can they yes, get involved? Yes, the city can council, they, can... yes, they can. Yes, they can. I, I've been talking to people in city council. Uh, they passed the first uh, commercial residential high-rise and other, other uh, uh, codes that have to be changed. Uh, I think we're, we're, you know, we're, I'm just getting involved. To uh, I have a bill dra- drafted. I'm going to be going to council and looking for their um, their commitment to help get this passed. Uh, and and again, like I said, the infrastructure in the residential areas where people live are it, it, the, the, is all in. Now it's just sprinkling the floors. And council has always been good on that. The council's very good on uh, uh, passing codes. For um, for sprinkler systems, we they just passed a code uh, for uh, testing inspections and inspecting sprinkler systems that you have to be certified in order to inspect the system, and that passed con- uh, council sixteen to one. Sixteen to one that passed council, and uh, a lot of the council people, Catherine Gilmore Richardson. Derek, uh, Derek Green, the, uh, and a lot of other, Isaiah Thomas, a lot of other people are, are concerned about this. And, uh, and again, uh, the thing is, I think council will be very receptive to this. Wayne Miller, business manager, Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, joining us here uh, on a Saturday night. Uh, Wayne, I wish I could do more, um, but, uh, but you know whatever you need, however we could use the platform uh, and the voice box uh, to continue to push the message, change the narrative, uh, and get stuff done, uh, we will uh, continue to do it. Appreciate you coming on tonight, brother. Thank you, man. Thank you, Wayne. Well, Thank you, Joe. Talk to you. Thanks, Joe. Thank, thanks, Before Joe. Wayne goes, right. can, can we get Wayne to give us a little shot for the All-Star Labor Classic? I love it. Yeah, uh, well, I'll, I'll allocate. Wayne, I'd love to give okay, you 10 Joe, minutes I to do you. that, but I'll give you 60 seconds, brother. We got our 35th year of the All-Star Labor Classic coming up uh, in, in April. Uh, Doc and I have been a part of that since the very beginning, uh, uh, and we've raised a lot of money there, uh, almost $3 million. Uh, it's going to be in April, uh, I believe the 10th, and also the, uh, the, the, the dinner for the, uh, for the All-Stars is going to be in late March. Uh, it, it's it's going to be at Ridley High School, which are which do a great job uh, running that thing out there for the All Star Labor Classic, and I know the electricians and Doc has always put the food trucks out there, and 
we're, it, it's a great, it's a great organization. And, and, uh, the thing is, is for MS and, uh, it's, we were looking again to raise between over $150,000 for the one day event. And it's, it's, a, it's the building trades charity, uh, Pat Gillespie, doc, myself, Pat Iding, all the older guys that started this and kept with it for all these years. It, it's a remarkable and fantastic uh, charity. Yeah, no doubt about that. I hey, probably... Joe, it's another, it's another thing that Wayne Miller's fingerprints have been on. He throws all the other names around. Wayne is the heart and soul. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm telling you, and, and he's very subdued today. I don't know what this is. I'm going to call him and make sure he's okay. <laughs> Wayne, that's how you were screaming, right? Uh, I, I'm... I'm uh, I don't know, Doc. I'm just laying watching the, the, the football game. I'm, it's, keep, it's keeping me subdued. I have it on just you. So you know, but, the, uh, Bengals, the Bengals just beat, okay, the Titans yes. on a 50-yard field goal to end the game. Yeah. Yeah, know, man. It's good to see Cincinnati, uh, you know, winning and getting the next round. Maybe, maybe uh, this will be their year. All right, boys, yeah, I'm pulling, the plug. I'm, I'm, Thanks, I'm pulling the plug on this convo. I'm getting to a break. Um, right, Wayne, Joe, great stuff, easy. brother. Appreciate you, man. Hey, Doc. Thank you, brother. Bye-bye. All right, good stuff from Wayne Miller. We'll get to a commercial break. The All-Star Labor Classic, the greatest fundraising event in the country. Back in a moment. This edition of the Labor Show is sponsored in part by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Laborers District Council, Steam Fitters Local 420, and the International Union of Operating Engineers Local 542. We're going to try to work with Republicans in a bipartisan way to find solutions to what really is not working. And back here live on the John Doherty Hour along with J. Doc and Krause uh, here on a Saturday night on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Good stuff from Wayne Miller. John joining us in um, the uh, last segment, Jim Snell. Uh, business manager, Steamfitters Local 420, uh, will be along. We'll have an interesting conversation uh, with Jim about RINs. Uh, we've talked about that, J-Doc, yep. of course, uh, many times, going back to our two-hour special down at PBF Energy um, a couple of months ago. Um, let's get in it. Let's, get, let, let's, let's keep moving. Let's keep the dialogue, uh, keep the dialogue going. Absolutely. Uh, first off, Jimmy Snell, welcome to the broadcast. Good evening, guys. How's everyone doing? We're 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 doing great. Um, and and this topic is is something that like like has been a hotbed for for the program. Uh, John Bland, we have we've had on talking about it. Uh, so let's get right to it, Jimmy. The Biden administration has been talking about easing the renewable fuel fuel standard RINs mandates uh, on the petrochemical industry. Uh, particularly because consumption of gas is weighed down due to, pan- due to the pandemic. Um, this would be awesome for uh, you know, the workforce. Uh, talk about it, if you will. I certainly will. Um, thanks a lot, guys, for uh, having me on. Uh, John Doc, good evening to you as well. Um, it, you know, you guys being able to give the building trades the platform you know, to discuss this, this whole issue is, is awesome. Okay. Because the reality is it's such a complex issue for a lot of people. It's not sexy enough. You don't see it in the newspaper enough for us, right? Building trade guys, you know, we're not talking about sexy stories. We're just talking about putting people to work. And if this RINs issue does not get adjusted, does not get fixed, 
you know, uh, these small merchant refineries like uh, uh, PBF right in Delaware in the president's backyard and uh, Monroe Energy, you know, like I said, they're not crying wolf. They don't want to close down, but they really, really may. And, you know, John, I'll, I'll tell you, I mean, gosh, we, we've been battling this for, you know, uh, it, it's, it's a few years. My predecessor, Anthony Gallagher, battling it, you know, a few years ago. And uh, it, it's definitely coming to a head. Uh, it, it's, it's at a head right now. Um, you know, we, we all know uh, what can happen when, when a major industry uh, closes whether, you know, it's a refinery or something else. And, and you know, the lives and the thousands of lives and, and businesses that are affected. Um, you know, I've stated this you know, multiple times in, in different settings. You know, I think uh, University of Texas and, and Penn had a couple studies out there. And, you know, plain and simple for every refinery job that's lost, uh, you know, whether it's a, a, an in-house job or, you know, uh, a contractor works down there all the time. There's anywhere from 15 to 18 uh, 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 ancillary jobs that are affected. What do I mean? Well, you know, every day there's, you know, uh, the, the workers in them refineries, they're ordering pizzas from the shop down the street. They're ordering donuts. They're, they're getting gas at the nearest gas station. I mean, this, this is, this affects everybody. And, you know, what I can say is, you know, people like John, myself, uh, John Bland, uh, you know, uh, Ryan Boyer, those those involved, uh, those who work them, you know, it's the trades in general, Stevie Pettit, it, those that work in these refineries, we know how important it is. And we have a great relationship with the uh, management of uh, Monroe Energy as well as PBF. And, and, uh, you know, I, I got to say, uh, the administration, the Biden administration um, is, you know, they've been they've look, they've been great in setting up multiple meetings, Zoom meetings, uh, you know, uh, because of COVID naturally. But they know they know what's at stake here. And the two guests you had on last week, uh, Brian McGlinchey and Colin O'Mara. They're 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 smack dab right in the middle of this whole thing. And look, at the end of the day, that administration knows what needs to be done. And and politics plays in everything, right? So you're you know, you're 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 up against it's it's the small merchant refiners up against the ethanol industry. And when you say ethanol, you're talking about some powerful people like Chuck uh, Senator Chuck Grassley. Uh, you're talking about a Republican. You're talking about Democrat Tammy Duckworth. So there's bipartisan uh, uh, groups out there in the Midwest. But at the end of the day, the president knows what needs to be done. And, you know, I, I very recently this past week had some pretty decent conversations. And, you know, look, John's John's friend, uh, Secretary of Labor, Marty Walsh. Uh, has been very instrumental as well. We had a great discussion with him, uh, I guess it was the Thursday before Christmas. I mean, he's a building trades guy. There, and trust me, after you, you, you know, it was an intimate conversation I had with him. And, and, you know, after you talk to him, trust me when I tell you, he's a building trade guy. You know, the language uh -huh. that gets used, but he gets it. You know, it, it's, it's building trade jobs. It's, 
It's jobs, you know, the secretaries, the pizza shop guy, you know, the bakery, everybody. And no one wants to see this. They're just trying to, you know, uh, you know, walk a fine line. The administration is they're. I think they're going to get it done. And, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of people to thank, but we'll thank them when it gets done. You know, so uh, I, I, you know, it's a complicated issue. I'm trying to simplify it as much as possible. It, well, it's, it's about it's about saving thousands of jobs. Absolutely. Uh, John Doherty, we got about, th- believe it or not, three minutes. Um, you want to weigh in because you've been a big supporter in, in, in getting this done. Yeah, well, listen, I'm, I'm just uh, a center. He's a quarterback. Uh, he, he, again, I, I sound like a broken record, but we don't have anybody better in the trades. You know, our, our leadership is great. Ryan does a great job. You know, everybody has relationships from Was- from Washington to Harrisburg to throughout. But nobody in the labor movement today has the ability to move the needle more than Jimmy Snell on an issue that provides a ton of jobs and has been a political time bomb. Okay, so when you put all that together, here's a guy that's like, you know, in the simple way is if you're in the ocean and the, the waves are just knocking you over, that's what's been happening to Snell, you know, for years since he's been the manager. And he, he mentioned Anthony Gallagher, who's his partner, who's now down in D.C. fighting for this every day. But between the two of them, okay, they have this issue being moved. They're meeting with people who are the highest people in government that can affect change. It's real simple. Thank God we have Jimmy Snell. I sent him a text before the show tonight, basically telling him that, saying, you know what, you're the go-to guy for the trades down in some of these circles now on these issues. You know, John Bland is a guy who, this is all he does. You guys know I love John Bland. I call him the Boilermaker. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's not a politician. He's not anything other than a Boilermaker. Okay? And, you know, with his consistency, but Jimmy being able to, you know, walk in these rooms and get people to return his call. People don't understand. That's half the battle. Just getting the call. Jimmy Snow. Ninety percent of the time, once we get the call, we, we can we can prove our point. Jimmy, when we got about a minute left, when when does it look like we're going to have movement on this? What's the ETA for the Biden administration to make the, uh, a decision? How about how about I just say soon? How's that? <laughs> I wish it was. I wish it was yesterday, to be quite honest with you. But like John just said, it's a it, it's a political time bomb. So they're just trying to. You know, thread the needle, I guess you could say. And, and then once once they get that done, we're already working on the next thing, guys. And, and you brought it up last week, Joe, to one of your guests, Con O'Mara. Uh, you know, we, we, we need a hydrogen hub. Oh. And, and, you know, J- John Doherty on the other end here, you know, he started that conversation. And we're just following through. And, you know, uh, they, they look, let's face it, the president's from the area. He wants to see this region thrive, and, and I'll leave it at that. Jimmy Snell, we're going right to the door, my friend. The, the power of this radio show, we're jumping into the, uh, jumping into the mix and jumping into the fray. Um, you know, we put together, call it a triangle of six of the most powerful radio stations that we can envelop, including a powerhouse radio station in D.C., and we will take the message and deliver the message until this thing gets done. Great stuff tonight, Jim Snell. Uh, appreciate you jumping on the John Doherty Hour. Uh, look for uh, look forward to uh, you doing it again, sir. Hey, listen, and and that's a and I appreciate, like I mentioned, everything you guys do. 
and this is this is an issue that's near and dear to my heart. But when you listen to someone like Wayne Miller talking about lives, lives at stake, you know, if, if I was a politician, a Democrat or a Republican, I'd be picking up the phone when Wayne Miller calls because he ain't going away. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, no doubt about that. John Doherty got about 30 seconds, my friend, before we punch out. Uh, I'll tell you what, you had two heavy hitters on. Thank God we, we have them in the building trades. Uh, the labor movement's moving forward. It's at a very sensitive time right now. It's crossroads, I keep telling you. Inflation, you know, stock market staggering a little bit this week, you know, and interest rates going up. So we've got to be creative. My goal's always been to handle these projects three, four, five years down the road now that I'm not in play. Jimmy and these guys have picked up it. And, and again, they're great guys. We need a forum. We need to continue to have Krause and Joey Dock out there, you know, preaching on behalf of labor. I can't thank you enough. And uh, it's great sports weekend. Grab a cover, pull up a family, and watch the night game, the Packers and the Niners. Absolutely. Yeah, it will be a good one, no doubt about that. John, John Doherty getting it done. In retirement. We'll ask him about that next week on the John Doherty Hour. Great stuff uh, from Jim Snell and also great stuff, Jay Duck, uh, from Wayne Miller. That's going to do it for this edition of the John Doherty Hour live here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I will tell you, Jay Doc, that when we roll out of the top of this hour uh, into hour number two, uh, a replay of uh, our conversation in hour number one, Last week, great stuff with DC 33. With Mike Bresnan uh, of the Fireman Local and, of course, the leadership from DC 33. Fantastic conversations. All right, so that will uh, take us in through hour number two. On behalf of our gracious hosts, John Doherty uh, and Jay Doc and Jim Snell and Wayne Miller, I'm Joe Krause. See you next time, everybody. This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management.